welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. This is episode 18. My name is Bill. Thanks for listening. How's the week going, guys? It's Wednesday night again. Time to record a podcast. Weather's been great here. I hope it's great where you are. So what's new? I'm looking at the news segment on my sheet. Uh, It's my mom's birthday. You better all have called her, because I certainly didn't. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course I called my mom. You should call your mother on her birthday. That's my public service announcement for this week. So happy birthday, Mom. As I record this, by the time this goes out, it won't be your birthday anymore. But you're going to have another one next year, so just call it early for next year. What else is new? Um, my cat is fat. Yep, fat cat is fat. He topped the scales at the vet's office today at 18 pounds. Zorro, that's his name. Has always been a bit boy. Bit feet, bit ears, bit everything. I'm pretty sure somewhere in his lineage there's some Bengal tighter. Because this thing's huge. Black and white, got a black face mask and a goatee. Looks exactly like Zorro, hence his name. Uh, we didn't give him the name. He had that when we got him. But it fits perfectly. So now the vet's all like, you gotta get this cat skinny. And in our defense, we only give him cat food. He doesn't eat people food. And we give him just the tiny little bit that the vet told us to give him, and he's still fat. So, now they're talking about he's at risk for diabetes, and he's had liver problems forever, which he's on medication for, and he's doing better with. But now there's this, she's making complaints that he's going to get diabetes. So clearly, fat cat doesn't exercise, diabetic wrist. Clearly he's an American cat. Alright, but this is not veterinary corner. This is the Atari Bytes Podcast. So what game are we talking about this week? Oh man, I am excited to do this one. This week's game is Pitfall. 1982, made by... Thank you, Zorro. Zorro's very excited about this too. And that's the most uh, energy he's exerted all day. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but he may out his approval of this week's game. Pitfall is a 1982 game from... Oh, I can barely contain myself. Activision... That's right, balloons falling from the sky that actually look like balloons, so we know to be so, so happy about this game. I'm a little surprised I haven't done this game yet. Uh, you know, I'm 18 episodes into this thing, and I'm finally getting around to Pitfall. Pitfall was a go-to game for me as a kid. I'm sure it was maybe not the first game I had, but it was one of the first that I got when I had got an Atari as a kid, and I was really excited to get it. I'm guessing it was a staple for a lot of you guys, too. The gameplay, if you're familiar with Pitfall, it does get a little repetitive after you play for a while. Uh, it's pretty much 20 minutes max of pretty much the same set of movements. But the game just looks awesome and it sounds really cool. So it's just a joy to have on your screen in front of you. And there are things you can do to mix mix up, uh, spice things up a little bit. You can run the course backward. You could run across the disappearing quicksand tar pit things instead of swinging on the vines over them uh, stuff like that but we'll get into the more of that later especially for the three of you who have not heard of pitfall so at this point in the show this is where we read from our official paper manual for activision pitfall exclamation point instructions uh, there's a really cool picture on the front of pitfall harry swinging across a lake full of alligators and somehow emitting a rainbow from his butt. 
I'm really sure what's going on there. But it's a lovely, very 70s, early 80s type picture. There's a really, really freaking huge scorpion in the tunnel under the jungle, which is a whole other thing that baffles me, who's building these tunnels. But it, it is a really nice picture. If you look at the icon for this week's episode uh, on your player, I used the cover, as I always do, uh, the, the, the cover image from the instruction manual. It's just a really nice picture. Someone should frame this for me to put in my office because I recently had to take down my 2008 wall calendar, which I had left up in my office at my day job right after the new year in 2009, just didn't get around to taking it down. You know, just never got around to it. And then finally, at some point in January 2009, I decided, you know, I'm just going to wait and see how long before somebody says something. Because surely at some point, somebody's going to say, take that stupid thing down, or they're just going to come and take it off my wall and throw it in the recycling bin. So I thought, I'm just going to wait and see. Now remember, this was a 2008 calendar, and I decided to play this little game in January 2009. It wasn't until two weeks ago, so end of April, early May 2016, before anybody said anything. If, if that isn't a commentary on the zombie-like state that modern office life can put people in, I don't know what it is. But anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, this is a really cool picture on the cover. Uh, I want a big framed version of it for my office. Okay. So, under the picture, though, it says, Picture this! Exclamation point. You are deep in the recesses of a forbidden jungle, an unforgiving place few explorers ever survive. But you've got courage, because you're with Pitfall Harry, the world-famous jungle explorer and fortune hunter extraordinaire. The lure of hidden treasures draws you and Harry deeper and deeper into the bush. But, being a great explorer, you wouldn't think of starting such a difficult journey without reading this manual first, very carefully. God, no, of course I wouldn't. Perish the thought. All right, so we open it up. There's a page of Pitfall Basics. The object of Pitfall is to guide Harry through a maze of jungle scenes, jumping over or avoiding many deadly dangers and helping Harry grab the most treasures in the shortest possible time. There's some of the basic instructions. Hook up your video game. Duh. Plug in the cartridge. Turn the thing on. Check the... There's a picture. Plug in the joystick. And then my favorite instruction of all time... When playing, hold joystick with red button in the upper left position. Very important to remember. Tells you how to use the joystick, basic stuff. Run left to right, you move the joystick left to right. Jump over the dangers, you press the red button while running to the right or the left. To climb up or down ladders, push the joystick up to climb, pull down to descend. To grab a swinging vine, press the red button while running to the right or to the left. To let go of the vine, which I will admit, the first few times you play this game, that is a little tricky to time your release from the vine just right so that you land on land rather than in the quicksand or on the alligators or whatever. Scoring. You start each adventure with 2,000 points. Right out of the gate, you got 2,000 points. Some misfortunes will cause a deduction of points should you fall down a hole by accident. And by the way, this jungle is riddled with holes. I don't know what's going on with uh, all these sinkholes or these tunnels or what, but they're all over the place. But if you do that, if you fall down a hole by accident, you will lose 100 points. Rolling logs will also cause point loss depending on how long contact is made with them. Which is another thing. Who's throwing all these logs around? Anyway, each treasure you find will add points to your score. There are 8 of each type of treasure in the entire game. 32 in all. So you got 20 minutes to find 32 treasures. 
For a total of 112,000 points, a perfect score is 114,000 points, which is reached by collecting all the treasures without losing any of that 2,000 points they gave you to start with by falling down holes or tripping on locks. Diamond rings are 5,000 points, gold bars are 4,000 points, silver bars are 3,000 points, money bag, 2,000 points. I'm not sure why the items have different point values. None of them are any harder to get than any of the others, and you're going to get the... and they dictate how you... what can't talk all of a sudden, which is bad for a podcast. The game dictates in what order you get them, uh, and you just grab them as they come, so I don't know why they have different point values. Anyway, time. We have 20 minutes to complete each adventure. Harry has three lives in each game. See, The Hazards of Pitfall, which was my favorite show as a kid. General Lee, Daisy, Bo and Luke, and... Oh, wait a minute. That was a different show, wasn't it? The Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, game is over when Harry is lost for the third time or when time runs out. I have actually played this game as a kid. I played this game to the end a few times. And it's kind of like, okay, I'm here. Anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Special features of Pitfall by Activision. There are 255 jungle scenes through which Harry can travel. Each scene covered underground is equivalent to three on the surface. Pitfall is a circular maze, which means that if Harry safely goes through all 255 different scenes, he will come back to the starting point. In the course of that journey, Harry will also encounter all 32 treasures. It's kind of what I was saying before. You're going to run over all these things anyway. I don't know why they have to have different point values. The Hazards of Pitfall. Yeehaw! Just a good old boy. Oh, wait, sorry, I got confused again. Pitfall Harry's jungle adventure is fraught with danger. Some hazards will slow him down and rob you of points, while others will stop him cold in his tracks. The lesser hazards are the open holes in the ground and rolling logs. See scoring. The catastrophic hazards are the scorpions, fires, cobra rattlers, crocodiles, swamps, quicksand, and tar pits. These obstacles will not cost you points, but they will cost one of Harry's three lives. Getting the feel of Pitfall Pitfall by Activision. You cannot excel at Pitfall without acquiring a variety of skills. The most important is jumping. You'll need to use both the red button and joystick at the same time in order to make Terry jump up to a swinging vine. Jumping is also important when you leap atop crocodile heads while crossing the swamp, or when you hurdle over logs, holes, scorpions, fire, and snakes. Special care should be taken when you jump scorpions. The margin for error is less. To practice your skills, try running to the right. Learn to jump the rolling logs and the holes in the ground first, then tackle the tougher skills of swinging on the vine and jumping over the crocodile pits. Whenever Harry is lost, you'll get another chance to try the hazard again, since the replacement Harry appears on the left side of the screen. See, here's the thing with that, though. It's not like by going to the right, you suddenly get a practice level. That's the way you go, typically, and the obstacles come in whatever order they come. So, I, I don't know. Basically, what they're telling you is just start playing the game. That's how you figure it out. Oh, and then we get another one of these bio pages. How to Seek Your Fortune with Pitfall Harry. Tips from David Crane, designer of Pitfall. I'll have more to say about David Crane uh, later in the show. But for now, I'll just read what we have here. We have uh, a lovely, what appears to be a high school yearbook photo of David Crane. At least he doesn't look like he's much older than that in this picture. David Crane is a senior designer at Activision. He also designed Dragster, Fishing Derby, Laser Blast, Freeway, and Grand Prix, none of which I've played. Fishing Derby, uh, Laser Blast, and Grand Prix all sound like familiar titles to me, but I'm sure I've never played them. Uh, and then we have a quote from David Crane. As you set off on your first adventure with Harry, 
you'll notice two important features. That the logs always roll from right to left, and that the replacement, Harry's, after Harry loses life, draw from the trees on the left side of the screen. So, to minimize the number of rolling logs to be jumped and the catastrophic hazards to be retried, simply run to the left. Uh, which is kind of what I was saying before about how you can mix things up a little bit by running the opposite direction or backwards. That's the same thing as saying run to the left. Piffalieri's trip must be made through a maze of surface and underground passages through the jungle. To capture all 32 treasures in under 20 minutes, Harry will have to use some of the underground passages. I'd suggest that you make a map of the terrain each time you play. Knowing the jungle and planning the best route to all treasures is the only way to ensure successful, to ensure success time after time. Until you get really skilled at making Harry jump from crock to crock, you might wait until the crocodile's jaws are closed. Jump to the top of the first croc's head, then wait for the jaws to open and close again before jumping to the next one. Soon you'll be skipping across crocs like they were stepping stones in a stream. If you can find any writing materials deep in the jungle, drop me a line, and I'd love to hear how you and Harry are getting along. I've commented on this before, but back in the 80s, if you told someone to drop a line, it was a huge undertaking. It wasn't like tweeting at them now or sending an email. Uh, it was a big deal. So I'm wondering how much paper mail Activision had to deal with over this game, because it is awesome. Alright, enough of this boring reading stuff. Let's play some Pitfall. After this pitiful break, eh, we'll desecrate some jungle archaeological sites in the name of treasure. helmet on, my bug spray, my SPF 5000 sunscreen, and some metal undies to keep those tiny little Amazon fish from swimming up my hoo-ha. That's very important. Let's do this. Running, jumping, ah, down the hole. Nice tunnel. That's an awesomely laid brick wall. Is that the proper verb? Laid a brick wall? Your brick layers. I guess it must be. And that's a very nice ladder. Wonder who built that? Weird. Log. Hole. Double rolling logs. Ow. Hole. Hole. Log. Log. Who's cutting all these logs? There a big logging operation in this jungle? I suppose. Oops. Then in a few hours I'll be alligator poop. Think Pitfall Harry's a Time Lord and he has another life. Jump, jump, ow, ow, more jumping, swinging the vine. I guess that's supposed to be the Tarzan yell. Hello, Cobra. Bye, Cobra. Ooh, my first treasure. There's some gold. Run across the disappearing carpet. Yes. Nice little casual swing across the lake. Why couldn't I just walk around that body of water? There's clearly land on either side. Hmm. Ooh, alligators, my old nemesis. Back of the head. Boom. 
gotcha, suckers. So into the game, I forgot to talk there for a while. Oh, more alligators. Ooh, there's a scorpion on the tunnel down below. Haha. <laughs> Thing is, with the scorpions, they kind of look more like the skull from Hamlet. So I keep wanting to see you know, a Danish prince come out and mourn the death of his friend. That's a little Shakespeare reference for you. You can call this game educational now. Aren't you glad you listened to this podcast? Go talk to your teacher. See if you can get some college credit for this. that alligator luggage? I'm guessing probably not. For many good reasons. My last life. I've only gotten like one treasure. I have to go get a job if I don't find some more treasure. snazzy green outfits. Hello, Cobra. Ooh, disappearing tar pit. And another gold bar. It's there. Yes! Ooh, the double log, log roll. disappearing light. It does make for a cool obituary, though. I can live with that. Or die with that. Whatever. Back to you in the studio. Phew. Alright. I'm exhausted and sweaty, and I got things swimming in bad places on my person, but I'm rich. Alright. I got all this money. Now what do I get? Ooh. Maybe I can join Pitfall Harry's Explorers Club. That's the other part of the manual I didn't read to you. Check this out. If you score 20,000 points or more on any one of your adventures with Harry, you will be eligible to join the prestigious organization. Just send us a picture of your TV screen showing your score, and we'll present you with a special Explorers Club membership emblem. All right, I'm looking around. Where's my emblem? What? I didn't get 20,000 points? I'm a big-time podcaster. I don't get anything? My producer is telling me no. <sighs> I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, if they're not going to give me stuff, what's the point? Oh, right. It's a really fun game. Anyway, I'm over it now. You know, like Mark Twain said, 
I refuse to join any organization that would have me as a member. Oh, come on, you guys, let me in. Come on, stupid meanie heads. No? Alright. When I played this game as a kid, I'm sure that I finished it the whole 20 minutes several times. I'm sure that I got all the treasures at least a few times. But, spoiler, the ending of Pitfall, as great as the game is, the ending is super anticlimactic. The game just stops, or the time runs out. There's no 8-bit confetti, there are no cool graphics going off. Pitfall Harry doesn't dance a little jig. He just stops running, as I recall. As if he's saying, I've done my bit. The game character's union says, I don't have to take another step. Screw you. But, I guess you have the satisfaction of completing something. In many ways, Indiana Jones was the apex and the destroyer of jungle adventure movies. Sure, there was The Mummy with Brendan Fraser, but after the first one or two of those, that franchise was pretty much dead. Way back in the day, in the you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s, there were Tarzan books and serials, King Solomon's Mines, the original Mummy movies, and, you know, like Indiana Jones and those other things, Pitfall is kind of the last hurrah for the jungle and or treasure hunting adventure type games. I guess there have been a few stabs at it since then. There was Jungle Hunt for Atari, uh, which I have, although I haven't done it for the show yet. But I don't think Jungle Hunt was really the iconic game that Pitfall was. And I guess we'll talk about more why that is when I do finally get around to doing Jungle Hunt for the show. So, you know, Pitfall kind of, aside from being a really cool game, is sort of an emblem of uh, of a bygone era of a type of game. And I'm not sure why that is. Maybe no one has come up with a new take on sort of the old tropes, swinging on the vines and the quicksand and the alligators and stuff. Maybe no one has come up with a really good way to tell those stories or, or uh, design those games in a way that feels new. I'm going to throw in here uh, a note. We Before the game, the field report, uh, I mentioned that David Crane appears in the instruction manual and gives his tips. Just by coincidence this week, I happened to cross an interview with David Crane from, like, recently, like in the last couple months. Arcade Attack, uh, the website Arcade Attack, uh, has an interview with him. I'll try to put a link in the show notes so you can check that out. It's a nice interview. It kind of catches up with what he's doing today. Apparently he doesn't really design games anymore. He mostly spends his time testifying in court as an expert on intellectual property. But he, he sort of fondly recalls putting Pitfall together and, and his days at, at uh, Activision. And it's just, you know, sort of this nice little coincidental thing that I came across the same week that I was doing Pitfall for you guys. So that was kind of neat. So and you should check out that interview. Alright, so back to the game. What is up with this jungle? Are we on the island from Lost? Is that what's going on here? Who's building all these tunnels and these really nicely laid brick walls? And, and the ladders and all that stuff. Who's burying all this treasure? Is, there, is a smoke monster going to come billowing out from somewhere? Or a polar bear? If you thought a tiny fish in your privates was bad, try one of those things on for size. Or better yet, don't. This is basically a running game. There's more desperate running in this game than the fifth doctor did running flat out in Caves of Androzani. That's your obscure Doctor Who reference for this week. Thus ends this week's Doctor Who Time Corner. So the question is, for our show, can a running and jumping based plot yield up 
storified treasure? Let's find out. Quick review. Alright everybody, what are the five elements of a plot? Don't make me sick the alligators on you. That's right. The five elements of a story or plot are the introduction, the rising action, the climax, the falling action, and then finally the resolution or denouement. So, as nice in the man as the manual was, as excited as they are about this jungle adventure, as helpful as David Crane was with his tips, they don't give us a whole lot of story. We know this dude's name is Pitfall Harry. We know he's going after treasure in some unnamed jungle somewhere. That's about it. So, this is another one of those times when we just got to make the story up for ourselves. So, here's what I think is going on. Introduction. The exposition, you know, set up for the game. Pitfall Harry's on an archaeological excursion into why this weird circular jungle is riddled with scorpions and brick walls in tunnels. When, all of a sudden, his guide, Pitfall Harriet, is kidnapped. The helicopter from the Superman game swoops in and picks her up, maybe. Because the helicopter from the Superman game is kind of a jerk. Maybe Pitfall Harriet is drugged down into one of the tunnels and the scorpions are guarding her or something? Doesn't really matter. Seriously, though, who's building all these tunnels? I'm really kind of preoccupied with the tunnels. It's a bigger jungle mystery than the Easter Island statues. Anyway, so there's our setup. We're out in the jungle minding our own business. Actually, we're trying to mind somebody else's business. But our buddy, Pitfall Harriet's been kidnapped. We're just going with that. So now the action starts to ramp up. The action is rising, in other words. If Harry doesn't find all those treasures in 20 minutes, generic, mustached, xenophobic, rich guy who cares nothing for the indigenous peoples of this jungle and just wants money, and his dumb henchmen, are going to chuck Harriet into a volcano. What volcano, you asked? I don't know. But these stories always have a volcano somewhere. So, just go with it. The race is on. Piffle Harry takes off. He's jumping over those holes. He's flying over those logs. He's not losing any of his 2,000 points. He's swinging over alligators. He's, I don't know, eating the quicksand or something. He's doing it, man. So we finally we hit the peak of the story. The climax of this adventure. You've grabbed treasure after treasure. You're knocking off those 32 items. Dodging gators and scorpions and fire and tar pits and caverns and locusts and Donald Trump and Amway salesmen and Jehovah's Witnesses and, uh, I don't know, um, dysentery. You narrowly avoid becoming gator crunchies to nab the penultimate treasure. Victory and Pitfall Harriet are within your grasp. Not literally, though. You try to grasp Harriet, she'll slug you. But then, the falling action. As the final seconds tick away, you nab that last bar of silver. Or possibly a diamond ring. Who cares? Where the hell is Pitfall Harriet? That untrustworthy, generic, xenophobic, rich guy villain tricked you. There's no Harriet here. You got all these treasures. No Harriet. You can't trust anybody these days. It's time to end this. So now we get to the ending. The final showdown. All over here. I guess arguably, this could be the climax. But, you know what? It's my show. I'm calling this the resolution or denouement to this game. Because you know where the villain is. There's nowhere else he could be. You Tarzan yell as you leap over the heads of snapping gators. 
you're on a even more important mission than treasure now. You're after your friend Harriet. You swing, you land on a platform high atop a jungle tower. Pitfall Harriet is tied up there, grateful that you showed up. Because seriously, you're usually late. You grin at the generic villain. He compliments you on your success, then demands his treasure. Sure, you say. Come and get it. You untie the top of a burlap sack. Did I mention you were carrying a burlap sack? Anyway, it's overflowing with the one thing that makes the, this evildoer's eyes bug out. Bananas. Actually, you say. Why don't you make like a banana and peel out? You fling the sack off the tower, bananas free-falling everywhere. Oh, the banana... Humanity. Banana manatee. Whatever. As the villain lunges after them, you rip off his mask. This was no boring old Saturday matinee villain. It was Donkey Kong all the time. No time for autographs now, though. You free Pitfall Harriet, stop off at Jungle Hut for lunch, then head home to wait for a call from your agent about being in Pitfall 2. Well, Pitfall Harriet slides into obscurity because the 1980s was a rough time to be a girl in games. The end. Roll the credits. Whew, and that's our show. But before we go, Bill Kendrick from the XEGS podcast swung over the alligators, dodged the scorpions, and left tar pits to get here and tell you about the Atari party happening out in California this summer. We should listen to this man. So we will. Hey, Bill. It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash Atari party for more info. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. My thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for the use of his songs, Pinball Spring, Reformat, and Take a Chance. You can find Atari Bytes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many other pod catchers. Please leave us a review wherever they offer you that opportunity, especially iTunes. Leaving reviews helps other people find the show and improves your gas mileage and your sex life. Really, it's science. Email us your thoughts and questions and keys to time travel to... AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com You can like the show on Facebook. You can follow it on Twitter at AtariBytes. And remember, that's A-T-A-R-I-B-Y-T-E-S. Or you can follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. You can support the show by visiting our Patreon page or our Zazzle store, AB underscore pod underscore store at Zazzle.com And don't forget to check out my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Thanks for doing that, by the way. So for now, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.